Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. David Walker, and on today's podcast, we're going to dive into the advanced stats and analytics from Pro Football Focus for the Atlanta Falcons' loss at home in Week 11 to the New England Patriots, 25 to nothing. Yes, folks, it was an ugly game, and the scores reflect that. I don't think anyone is going to be surprised by what we see uh, out of PFF. I think most of these scores are probably going to reflect what we saw on the field, so let's jump into him. Let's start with the offense, which in my opinion was the more disappointing unit. Um, Yes, the the defense gave up uh, 19 points. Uh, Obviously, six of those came on uh, a pick six, so I'm not going to put that on the defense. Uh, But I I feel like any defense that scores 19 points or allows only 19 points to uh, one of the top five offenses in the league by points scored at least, um, that is a good day. And I don't want to beat up on them too much. We'll get to their scores in the second half. And let's talk about the offense. And the guys at the top, we'll talk about the top five, starting with number one. (laughs) Not what I expected, but wide receiver Russell Gage. Um, He finally delivered. You know, he's had before this, the the past three games before this, he had only had a catch in one of those three games. Uh, He was blanked in two of them. And in this one, he bounced back, 73.2 overall grade. The fact that 73.2 is the highest score is probably indicative of how bad the offense was, Um, but he was our highest graded player. Uh, Number two, fullback Keith Smith with 19 snaps out of the possible 54. He scored pretty solid across the board except for one stat, which was run blocking, which is sort of what you have a fullback for. Um, he did get several runs uh, during the day. He caught a pass for 11 yards, um, 71.0 overall score. Uh, number three, uh, back into the top five again, right guard Chris Lindstrom. Uh, I did feel like he had a solid day overall. Um, did play every single snap, 69.8 overall grade, uh, 74.4 in pass blocking, um, 75 in run blocking. I think he got dinged for a penalty, and that brought his overall grade down. But uh, as for the plays where he did get graded, he graded out very well. Number four, tight end Lee Smith, who played 22 of the possible 54 snaps, 67.4 overall grade for him. And uh, good to see him back. Glad. uh, I like this veteran uh, tight end. He does his job well. Uh, He is uh, someone who I believe is going to have a long-term positive impact on Kyle Pitts and Good to see him grading well uh, in this game. Number five, uh, left tackle Jake Matthews with a 61.7 overall grade. So yeah, that's 
that's not great. And again, the fact that that is in the top five is really indicative of how this game went. But he did have the highest pass blocking grade, 87.2, where Jake struggled and where he always seems to struggle is in run blocking, where he scored a dismal 38.9. and Aaron Freeman of the Locked On Falcons podcast, also writer at the Falcoholic, um, talked about this. You know, Jake Matthews has sort of been the weak spot of his game for most of his career. Uh, he 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 was a fairly decent run blocker, I think, in 2016. But most other years, he's he's sort of average or below average. Uh, he is a very good pass blocker, which on the left side on Matt Ryan's blind side is very important. But I think the Falcons now, with the run blocking, um, as Aaron noted, when they run to the left, bad things happen. When they, when they run to the right, good things happen. And obviously, you can't run a completely balanced, unpredictable offense when one side of your offensive line isn't consistently getting the job done uh, in the running game. And honestly, I, I love Jake Matthews. I think we should keep him. I think pass blocking is critical in uh, NFL offenses that are focused on uh, you know passing the ball. So he still has a ton of value, but the fact that he struggles to run block is a little bit concerning, and I think it's the one thing that keeps him from sort of elevating into that top tier of left tackles. If he suddenly got better as a run blocker, I think Jake Matthews would be in the conversation as one of the top five left tackles in the league because he is so good uh, at pass blocking. All right, the bottom five guys uh, scored in this game. Matt Ryan is not one of them, incidentally, um, for those who – uh, want to blame him for what happened in this game. He is He's actually not even close. He was number six, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, at the very bottom, quarterback Josh Rosen. <laughs> Three total snaps, including a pick six, 20.8 overall grade. Um, yeah, I, I can't add much more to that. Josh Rosen came in and looked like what we thought he would look like. Um, if, if you were hoping for Rosen to... You know, suddenly become this incredible backup and maybe a future starter. I think every time he stepped on the field, he's proven that that doesn't look likely. Um, at this point, I'm not even sure I'm comfortable with him as the backup. We're stuck with him for now. Uh, I fully expect the Falcons to do something uh, next year for the backup quarterback position, and I don't think Rosen has this thing locked up, not by a long shot. All right, next up from the bottom, uh, left guard Jalen Mayfield. overall grade, 43 in pass blocking. Um, I mean, at least it's not in the 20s where he used to be. Uh, So Mayfield, sort of, you know, a regular on the bottom of this list. Uh, If you're asking the question that I am, and it's how long do you stick with Jalen Mayfield? It's a great question. And I think his performance, he's had some good games, but most of them have been subpar. Obviously, he is a project. Uh, we sort of knew that coming in. He only played 15 games in college, and all of them at right tackle. And you know, we're essentially throwing him into the fire at left guard for the first time ever, ever uh, in his life. And on the NFL level, um, he was never going to be out of the gates a great player. That it just wasn't realistic. The question is: Is how long do you stick with this? Um, do you feel like there's enough there? that it can be grown into him becoming a better pass blocker, run blocker. I don't know. This is something we'll be talking about uh, as the season progresses to continue to watch his performance. Definitely a name I'm, a name I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, third up from the list, center Matt Hennessy. You guys, if you watch the game, you probably saw him get absolutely blown up a few times, including on the fourth and one 
uh, run attempt that uh, just completely fell apart, in part because Matt Hennessy got walked about three yards into the backfield uh, by the Patriots defensive lineman. Yeah, 50.9 overall grade, uh, 52.9 in pass blocking, 48.2. Up until this point, Hennessy's grades have been fairly decent. He's been sort of league average if you look at his PFF scores. Um, I think his actual performance on the field is close to that as long as he's not facing good competition. It seems like with him and Mayfield, when they face good competition, that's when they turn in some really bad days, including on Thursday night against the Patriots. What Again, same sort of story with him. What does this mean for the long term? Well, you know, you've got Drew Dahlman that you drafted this year, who is actually smaller, a little bit more undersized. Uh, I think you ride it out with Hennessy and you leave it as an open competition in 2022. There's no way, I think, at this point that you're going to triple dip at center three years in a row, essentially. You've, you've got to see if one of these two guys has got it. And, and to be honest, this is Hennessy's first year starting. He's had some good games um, and some solid games. And unfortunately, I think these are going to become part of the resume, hopefully less and less uh, over time. But right now, it's just part of who Hennessy is. Fourth up from the list, surprisingly, um, quarterback slash tight end uh, Felipe Franks, who had one snap, which was also an interception, and somehow still managed to get a 51.2 overall grade. I I don't know how that works. Uh, And then fifth up, uh, wide receiver Frank Darby, with six total snaps, 53.7 overall grade. As for some of the other players, the notable players, Matt Ryan, as I mentioned, was six on this list, so... Um, if you looked at this game and thought, yeah, you know what, Matt Ryan didn't have a great day, but he was not the biggest problem with this uh, offensive struggle. PFF would tend to agree with you, even though he didn't score well, 61.3. Obviously, you know, on a good day, Matt's going to be much, much better than that. Um, so not something you want to see from him on a regular basis. But when he's got pressure in his face, very few quarterbacks are going to p- perform well under those circumstances. Uh, Kyle Pitts was right behind him at number seven. Um, Marvin Hall actually got 12 snaps in this game. Funny enough, 10 of them is a run blocker. Uh, What's going on, Falcons? Uh, And then only two in the pass. Um, Mike Davis was sort of in the middle of the pack. But funny enough, with Mike Davis, you know, the coaches talked last week about how they loved his pass blocking. It was his, he graded in the 30s in pass blocking. So, um, take that for what you will. He, he clearly is not uh, the guy, I think, anymore at, at halfback. You know, Patterson was out. Um, Davis only got three carries as a runner. Quadri Olison, who just got promoted from the, pack, the practice squad, got nine snaps as a running back. So three times as many as the guy we signed to be running back one. And Olison actually, you know, scored fairly decent 57.5 overall, but 82 in pass blocking, which was really good, and a 63 uh, as a runner. So Olison, maybe he's playing his way into a, a, you know, a little bit more of a role going forward. Uh, this is, honestly, I, I look at these scores, guys, and I don't have a lot of answers. This is just a bad offense right now. They they cannot function well against a good um, pressuring defensive line. They fall apart. And to be clear, I want to reset some expectations because the Patriots came in as one of the um, best defenses in the league. You know, they have a ton of interceptions, um, 10th in sacks, 10th in sack percentage, 
Um, they probably went up from there after sacking Matt Ryan four times in the game. Uh, this was a bad matchup for the Falcons. Uh, and on top of that, not having Calvin Ridley for the past four weeks. And then you're out uh, with Cordero Patterson missing the game right beforehand and Hayden Hurst going on injured reserve. This was just a recipe for disaster. I don't want to read too much into what we saw. I know a lot of people are reacting to two straight games of just you know absolute garbage. Three points across two games is you know dreadful. But there's a lot going on with this offense, and I think there are, there are reasons uh, across the board that are causing this. And most of them, I believe, are fixable. And that is, I think, the good news. Some of it is talent-related. Um, guys like Mayfield, I don't think, are going to suddenly become much, much better players. But there are a lot of things the Falcons can do to improve it, and we'll see if they do that on offense uh, through the remaining uh, games of the season. All right, we'll talk about the defense and what they did in this game. Uh, and they're surprising. And uh, honestly, the, the guys at the top of the list, probably not very surprising to you. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcolic Podcast. We're talking about the Falcons' advanced analytics and grades from Pro Football Focus coming out of their Week 11 loss to the New England Patriots, 25-0 Thursday night football game. Of course, all of America got to watch that debacle. Um, what a wonderful time to be a Falcons fan. All right, let's talk about what the defense did. Um, the defense wasn't great, but I feel like they were still um, overall a much better unit. And... They, in my mind, outperformed my expectations for them. And I think that is my key takeaway. They, in a moment where, after having gotten shellacked by the Cowboys, they buckled down and they had a much better performance overall. They really limited the Patriots. They got to Mac Jones several times. They had three sacks in the game, something we haven't seen in a while. Um, they got a turnover. Uh, this was... I don't want to say an inspired performance. They still gave up 19 points, but this was one of their better performances of the year. So I feel like that needs to be acknowledged, especially especially when the offense is doing you no favors. The offense is not putting any points on the board, putting a lot of pressure on you. Um, I, I feel like the defense deserves a pat on the back for this game. And let's talk about those grades at the top. All right, first name. I know this is gonna this is gonna rile some people up. Keep in mind, it's six total snaps out of 63 um, snaps in the, uh, for the defense. Linebacker Michael Walker. He has been at the top of this list multiple times. And look, um, every time it's with a, a small sample set. But for the limited snaps he's getting on defense, he's been playing well for the most part. 86.3 overall grade. Really excelled in coverage and as a tackler. Um, so solid performance from him. Uh, in six total snaps. Again, keep in mind, sample size. Uh, if you go from six to 60, we, there's no guarantee that grade stays the same. It can fall apart quickly. Um, but some of you have been clamoring for Michael Walker to get more snaps. 
I think the case is there to be made, especially when we go to who is at the bottom of the list. All right, number two on this list, cornerback A.J. Terrell. Um, Look, this guy is having an absolutely monstrous season. And I think when you look at the fact that he is on a defense that has no pass rush, no meaningful pass rush, uh, the fact that he is allowing the fewest yards per reception of any corner in the NFL – uh, is astonishing. You know, he is having to cover guys for longer than most other corners in the league. Uh, and I'm just so impressed with, you know, this second year player. We thought he would take a leap forward. This is a massive leap. He has gone from, you know, a, a up and down rookie year, which you would expect, but, you know, some signs of, of promise. And he has gone from that to arguably one of the top five corners in the league right now. Like this, this guy should be getting talked about at the national level on a regular basis. And now we're, we're in week 11. Uh, the Falcons have played 10 games. Um, and AJ Terrell has been good in almost every single one of them, like without fail. Uh, just, <laughs> he allowed 32 yards on four receptions in this game. That's an 8.0 average. And that is, you know, at that position, just phenomenal. Um, again, you know, he got, he got dinged for giving up a touchdown, but his coverage score of 89.3 is borderline elite. Um, AJ Terrell is the truth at corner. He is a true, you know, premier, uh, outside corner. I hope he continues to build on this. He's just having such a phenomenal second year and he's regularly a feature at the top of these PFF lists. Um, really, really excited to see him as a, you know, second year guy taking that step forward. All right, number three on the list, um, nose tackle Anthony Rush. 29 out of the 63 snaps, uh, 70.9 overall grade. Really good from him. Uh, obviously, you know, what he's in there for is for run defense and tackling, and he scored you know, really well in both. Um, for a guy who just got signed to the 53, he is a mountain of a man. Um, I, I like what the Falcons are doing here. They're, they're not getting much, much of a pass rush. So by bringing in him and uh, Pinnell, they're basically putting two massive bodies on that offensive line and saying, okay, you're going to have to run past these guys because we have to protect our smaller linebackers who are not getting it done. Uh, and guys like Rush and Pinnell demand you know, uh, some extra attention, and it can open up opportunities for you know, Grady Jarrett. So uh, I like what the Falcons are doing here and Rush uh, after a, a little bit of a down game last week, which honestly I didn't agree with. I uh, felt PFF scores were too severe on him. Uh, bounces back with a, a really strong performance here. Number four, uh, good to see this guy at this part of the list. Adida Kumbo Ogundeji, outside linebacker, 27 out of 63 snaps, uh, 65.2 overall grade. Uh, really did good in, in tackling. And I will say, overall, I felt like the, the Falcons in general did a better job of tackling. Uh, I didn't see as many whiffs as, as we have seen in the past. Number five on this list, um, five total snaps. Uh, guy just signed from the practice squad, safety Sean Williams, 62.8 overall grade. All right, let's talk about the guys at the bottom of the list. All right. Bottom five guys for the defense. At the very bottom, defensive tackle Taquan Graham, rookie with 26 total snaps, 34.5 overall grade. Um, again, you know, a mid-day three rookie. Uh, you got to set the expectations uh, in a realistic place for him. So good to see him get snaps. See him struggle as a rookie, I guess, but uh, overall just not a great performance. 
Next up from him, honestly, this is concerning. Um, I don't know if it's that he's not getting this defense, if he's not being used properly, if he is just not the same player he was in his first couple years, but linebacker Deion Jones, 61 out of 63 snaps, 38.5 overall grade, just a terrible day at the office from him. And honestly, I think, you know, watching the game, um, yeah, Dion is not the same player he was. He is having an up and down year. Um, and it looks like his downs are becoming a little bit more uh, of the story than the, the up games. It's very disappointing to see him on this, this side of the list. Number three up from the bottom, James Vodders, 27 total snaps, 42.6 overall grade. Uh, number four up from the list, defensive tackle Mike Pinnell, 32 total snaps out of 63, 44.8 overall grade. And number five, safety Eric Harris with uh, 58 total snaps, 45.1 overall grade. So just, (laughs) oh my goodness. Yeah, I I don't know that any of these names are completely surprising, but this is just a terrible performance at the bottom. You know, especially guys like Deion Jones, Eric Harris, uh, they they need to be doing a lot better than this. Um, Some notable names, uh, Foye Lucan, uh, number six on this list, uh, Darren Hall, who had one of the sacks in this game, number eight. So as the rookie, good to see him, um, you know, grading well there. Uh, Grady Jarrett, smack dab in the middle at number 10 with 59.2 overall grade. Richie Grant at 12, 52.1 overall grade. So again, I feel like for what this defense accomplished against a very good Patriots offense, um, good overall effort from the whole unit, even though they did allow a lot of yards. They did allow 19 points. Um, again, the sum total of it, when you consider what the offense did not do, I feel like these guys deserve a pat on the back for the effort they put in on Thursday night. All right, guys, uh, if you want to ask me any questions or have me dive a little bit deeper into any of these, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. You can find me at FalcoholicDW. You can find updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. This is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. I'll talk with you next time.